Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 271 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 John chapter 2 today and our focus is on how do we really and truly know God? Like relationally, how can we know God? Well, every day we get into God's word and seek to follow it and understand it and live and breathe it and listen to it and share it. Our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible following, listening, hearing, and understanding. And it would be awesome if you told some friends and neighbors about the show or you shared us on social media somehow, some way. If you do, be sure and use the link to our website, which is Bible2021.com, B-I-B-L-E 2021.com. And every single episode, and we're up to episode number 271 for the year, every single episode has its own page its own show notes with pretty much a complete transcript of everything we talked about. Welcome to new listeners in Hamburg, Germany, Bahrain, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Parts Unknown, Russia, Italy and France, Karnataka, India, Kigali, Rwanda, British Columbia, Canada, Chicago, Illinois, Montgomery, Alabama, Los Angeles, California, Tallahassee, Florida, Fresno, California, and Kansas City, Missouri. So today's question is going to take us down a different trail than you might think at first. How do we know God? Like, how do we get to know him? How do we really, really become in relationship with him? Like people say all the time, things like uh, Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. Well, how does that relationship work? And John is going to give us an answer today. And it's honestly probably not the answer you are expecting. But if you'll bear with us till the end, you'll kind of see how the dynamic works. First John 2, 3 through 6 says, This is how we know that if that we know him if we keep his commands. I'm going to read that again. This is how we know that we know him if we keep his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. So here's the thing about John. He is direct. He's to the point. He doesn't really mince words and he doesn't really pull his punches. Uh, Paul can be direct and to the point sometimes, but most of the time, good old Paul, he's uh, he's pretty friendly and kind and uh, gentle and subtle. And I'm not saying John isn't any of those things. I'm just saying First John, the letter, is short and punchy and powerful in a good way. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. But John says the truth flatly. We know God by keeping his word, obeying his commands. And then, lest we misunderstand this principle, John is going to go for the jugular, so to speak. If anybody says they know God, and yet they live a life of disregarding his commands and his word, John tells us that person is lying. In fact, they are a liar. And this is another example of a dynamic we talked about a few weeks ago. Labeling yourself a Christian doesn't mean you are a Christian. Here we see that the one who knows God will keep his commands. Like, that's the defining feature. Now, remembering our discussion yesterday about confession and forgiveness and how we all will sin and fall short of keeping God's commands. And that uh, remembrance raises an issue for us. Where is the line between keeping God's commands and not keeping God's commands? I mean, we're all sinners, right? Joel, John told us in chapter 1 yesterday that if anybody claims to not sin... 
They're a liar, and that those who do sin can be declared righteous by a faithful and just God who cleanses those who sin and confess their sin. Uh, doesn't sinning mean you aren't keeping God's commands? Well, it does, and, and the overall answer here is complex, but I believe the key to understanding is the promise we read yesterday and focused on in 1 John 1, 9, which says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, those who genuinely confess their sins to God will be forgiven and they will be cleansed. In other words, it will be like they are keeping God's commands because they are cleansed from all unrighteousness. Now, is it possible to take advantage of this like it's some sort of loophole? In other words, like to sin it up every day and then at night, maybe at 11.55 p.m. to confess your sins every night and be good with God? Well, look, <laughs> I don't think it's possible in the least to fool or trick God in any way, shape, or form. If we live an unrepentant lifestyle of continual and habitual sin with no genuine confession and repentance, then it's clear we're not keeping God's commands and therefore we don't know him at all. Now, is this the only place in the Bible where knowing God is tied to keeping his commandments? No, it's not. In fact, that dynamic comes up several times, and Jesus himself makes it quite clear in a conversation with his disciples that we find in John 14, and we'll start in verse 15 of John 14. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because he doesn't, it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. Ah, oh, hallelujah. What a promise. Verse 20. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I will also love him and will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, listen, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. So notice how the phrases keeping my word and keeping my commands in that paragraph we just read are pretty much used synonymously by Jesus. And notice also, Jesus indicates that the sign of loving him and knowing him are both pretty much the same. If you claim to love God, you will keep his commands. If you claim to know God, you will keep his commands. That's the same thing. John is going to unpack this dynamic more for us in 1 John chapter 4. We're just going to talk more about how love, loving, living a life of love means we are knowing God and not living a life of love means we aren't. Um, we'll get to that in a couple of days. But one last question that's really important here. How does this dynamic work? Like, how is it that keeping God's commands allows us to know God better? It doesn't seem like a very relational sort of thing to obey a set of commands, and therefore you'll know the person who gave the commands better. Uh, it turns out, though, that there's a very strong connection between obedience and relationship, and Jesus has already told us 
uh, how that dynamic works in John 14. And he tells us in verse 21 and verse 23. So let me read them again. Jesus says, the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So keeping God's commands and the commands of Jesus and is, is equated by Jesus to loving them and knowing them. And when we live a life of following God's commands and Jesus' commands, then Jesus says that at least twice in this passage that he will reveal himself to us and the father and he will come and make their home in us. So obedience leads to God the Father and God the Son drawing near to us, revealing themselves to us, getting like like showing their character, their personality, etc. And not only that, um it leads to them making their home with us. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is involved in this dynamic uh, also. And we're going to see that uh, when we get to First John chapter 3, verse 23, which says, Now this is his command, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commands remains in him, and he in him. That's another example of that promise. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the Spirit. Spirit he has given us. So we see it again here. When we keep God's commands, we remain in him relationally and he remains in us relationally. And we know he is with us and in us relationally by the work of the Holy Spirit he's given us. So Look, this is pretty mind-blowing truth. Uh, might be worth listening to that discussion again. Certainly worth going and reading John 14, uh, at least the middle verses there, to, to really, really grasp this truth. This is something that I think probably most Christians don't fully understand. I know I don't fully understand it, but it is a clear teaching of Jesus and in other other places in Scripture, and I want to understand it and live this out better. Knowing God and keeping his commands are inextricably bound. If we want to know God and love God, then we will keep his commands, and we will know and love God. Well, let's go ahead and read our passage. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I'm writing you these things so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for those of the whole world. This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commands, the one who says, I've come to know him, yet doesn't keep his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk as he walked. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old command that you have had from the beginning. The old command is the word you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sister is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing to you, little children, since your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because 
because you have conquered the evil one. I am writing to you, children, because you have come to know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you, and you have conquered the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you, If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he himself made to us, eternal life. I've written these things to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it is taught you, remain in him. So now little children remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Amen. Well, let's close today with our Bible memory verse for the month of September, which is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. And friends, may the word of God equip you and me both for every good work that God has called us to. Good day to you and Godspeed.